The Tigers Sideline. It's Tigers Talk with Memphis broadcasting legend Greg Gaston. Hear Greg weekday mornings on Sports 56 Mornings along with Eli Savoy from 7 to 10 right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. On Twitter X at Greg underscore Gaston. Here's Greg with Bryant and Brett. Greg Gaston joins us now to talk Tigers. You can hear him every single morning with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli. Greg, thanks so much for joining us. A lot to get to with you with a lot of news coming out, but I do want to start off with the Tigers' performance against Florida Atlantic uh, on Sunday. A big home game, a great atmosphere. The Tigers come out, even though they don't have Malcolm Dandridge, a lot of people thought that that could be the difference maker when you've got Vlad Golden on the other side, but the Tigers play uh, really well, and they come out with a win. What what really stood out to you in that win against Florida Atlantic? Well, good afternoon, uh, good afternoon gentlemen. Great afternoon. to be back on with you guys. Well, what stood out was it was the game we thought it would be before the season started when we looked at the schedule and we wondered when Memphis would play Florida Atlantic. We figured they'd play them twice. We marked down that particular date. And even though there's been trials and tribulations throughout the season for Memphis, and Florida Atlantic's played pretty steady, but it doesn't look like the team that went to the Final Four last year. At times they do, but not, not steady as well. We weren't sure what to expect, but we ended up getting the game that we thought we would get. A competitive game, great atmosphere, crowd was into it, and even without Malcolm Dandridge, like you said, Brian, not having him to go up against Golden, that meant less resistance against the big Russian. But I thought Memphis as a whole played their second straight really good game. They did so against Charlotte. They carried that over against Florida Atlantic, and I thought two things really stood out. I thought the communication was so much better on the defense where you didn't have these voids where there was no communication going on on switches and guys were absolutely wide open for threes. And the other thing was they protected the basketball about as well as they have all season long with just the six turnovers and they forced Florida Atlantic into double digit turnovers. So all in all, it was uh, again, what we had hoped for before the season kicked off. Greg, it looks like no doubt we'll be without Malcolm Dandridge tonight. And I fear it will probably be for the rest of the year. And you mentioned uh, Golden's big game on Sunday. When will it really be you miss Malcolm Dandridge? Well, I think anytime you're playing a team that has size and you're going to play Florida Atlantic again, and while Golden was perfect 9 for 9, I still thought Memphis did a pretty decent job with the guys like Naquan Tomlin mm-hmm. stepping up with David uh, uh not David, excuse me, Nicholas Jourdain, yeah. and then with uh, Jaquan Walton. Even Jaquan Walton, from his wing position, defended uh, Golden and some of their other bigger players uh, at times during the game. And again, it, it's weird to look back and go, well, the guy went 9-for-9, nine nine, and he was their most consistent offensive player. But I thought, again, that those guys gave Memphis a good uh, a shot in the arm for not having Malco. But to answer your question, Brett, it's when they play these big teams again, and who knows what will happen if they win the conference tournament, right, get into the NCAA. If they face a, a big front line, you don't have Malco. That's a problem if the game is called closely. Because if you get into foul trouble, then you're really going to be hurting on that front line. In this particular game, you had Jordan with three fouls. You had Tomlin with three fouls. You can live with that. Mm-hmm. Walton ended up with four, but none of them fouled out trying to really get physical, which you it's probably a bad idea to try to do so with a guy as big as Golden, 
but I thought they did well. But that's when it could come back and sting you. I'll be real curious to see when they play that game. And even UAB's got some yeah, size on with Sunday. Lindenborg, yeah. Yes, exactly. So they got some size. But I'll be real curious to see when they have the return game in Boca a week from Saturday. And the Tigers have to win them all, don't they? They have to win every one of them, Brett. No question about it. Uh, I, I asked Jerry Palm on Wednesday, who comes on our show, as you know, weekly, and I asked them if they win the three straight to end the regular season, get to the championship game of the tournament, lose in a close one, can they still be in that at-large discussion? He didn't He didn't laugh me off the stage, but he said it's still going to be extremely tough. So mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the mindset. You have to win all these games. I saw, obviously... Uh... Jason Munns, uh, a lot of people have been reporting it today that uh, that Malcolm is not going to play tonight. Um, and that one thing that I've seen some people try to point out that stood out to them is that Malcolm did not travel with the team to East Carolina. Does that mean anything to you? Do you think there's something behind that? Or do you think it's just he didn't go to this game and, and there's nothing really to read into that? Well, I mean, a, a conspiracy theorists will read into it any way they want, but Basically, in my opinion, was that they're still investigating, and they found nothing new to exonerate him. Mm-hmm. So obviously, if they haven't found anything to exonerate him, you can't bring him on the trip, and you can't play him in the game. Right. So I think that's what the case is. Now, I tend to believe, because it has lingered, that there's probably fire where that smoke is. Sure. And I'm gonna, If I was a betting man, I wouldn't want to lay down this bet, because... It's you know against the tiger here in this case, but I would bet that he's done and we won't see him again. And of course, Sunday's senior day, which is weird because he was honored last year as a senior, right. and we didn't know if he was going to come back for another year of eligibility. And then he came back with that decision late in the summer. So I don't know if he's on hand. I don't know what's going to happen on Sunday for UAB for that final home game, but it is senior day. But right now, I, I think it's going to be tough. Now, what worries me is that I thought it would be quick. Yeah. And now it's lingered into Thursday. Nothing new today as of now. So I guess the guess is it will it will linger into at least Friday. This isn't investigating the Kennedy assassination. I, I, I can't imagine it's going to take too much longer. But the longer it goes... It worries me in the sense that you know maybe it's it's more than one, and it doesn't necessarily even have to be a basketball player. It could be other athletes uh, involved if, if that's the case. But it may just be this rogue incident. And if it is one guy, and it is Malcolm Dandridge, it's it's a it's a sad day for Malco. But I think it would be the best case scenario, other than him being exonerated for Petty Hardaway, that program, and really the athletic department, because what you do not want is a scandal where there's a bunch of athletes involved, and we have not heard word one that it's more than anybody else other than the the rumors that we've all read. Our guest is Greg Gaston. He's from the Tiger sideline, and he's brought to you every week by Jim's Place Collierville, Mount Moriah Auto Sales, offices of Stephen Leffler, and Neil's Bar and Grill. You're right about on containing it to one person, and that uh, that original Bluff City Media story said it could include other sports i don't know how this could be put at the feet of of any coach in the department penny hardaway or or volleyball or baseball or football or any other sport but greg we know it will be because they are ultimately in charge if, if it stays at just malcolm dandridge on the on the bigness scale it's about a 
one out of ten. If it gets into other sports and it's more than Malcolm Dandridge, then it's really a, a, a big story. Sure. I agree wholeheartedly with that. Obviously, first and foremost, you got to deal with with compliance and the academic um, uh, people that they have involved um, with that department that that deal with the athletes. And again, it may be uh, one person, a rogue person that that uh, is involved. And again, that's all rumor mill right now. We don't know. The only thing we know is Malco has been held out of one game, and tonight he'll be held out of the second game. That's all we know for sure. But again, if it ends up being just Malcolm Dandridge did this on his own, then I don't think it's any worry about anything other than you lose your big guy. Uh, but if it's multiple players and multiple sports, then you got a scandal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg, we've talked about this before in the past, but in that game against FAU, uh, all of the Tiger starters played 30 or more minutes, um, and so you kind of saw that rotation, uh, you know, cut down a little bit. And obviously, situational and in a uh, a late game and a very close game against a team that you really want to go out and beat, you're going to play your star players more. You're going to play those starters more. But do you think we see something similar in terms of limiting that rotation tonight against East Carolina, or do you think we see what we've seen most of this season and really most of Penny Hardaway's time here, where? you're seeing 10 11 12 guys play yeah i feel like every time i say yeah he's probably gonna limit the <laughs> rotation he, he doesn't do it but yeah you're right about that last game now granted jaquan walton who didn't start the prior game probably wouldn't have started again would have right. come off the bench if it wasn't for the fact that malco was out so with malco being out again i think it's like you said brian i think this is it's going to be more situational. You'll have a couple of instances. Joe Cooper will come in. He'll spell Jaquan. Uh, there'll be a couple of times when the bigs will need rest, and you'll you'll bring in maybe Pierre for a few minutes or, or what you'll do with Ashton. Certainly Jaden will get minutes. But uh, and I don't know about Jordan Brown because of the back. He's been mm-hmm. dealing with the back. And Jalen Young has been hurt with that bad wheel, and I'm not sure what his status is. But I still think it's going to be more now situational, if a player gets into foul trouble, things like that. But I think the the, the big five or, or six, if you want to include somebody off the bench, is going to get the bulk of the minutes from here on out. Greg, the I think the easiest path to the tournament is also the hardest one, winning it all in uh, Fort Worth like they did last year. And that's easier this year because there's no Houston you got to beat this year. I still think this league is just really bad. Last night, another example of it. But if they don't do that and they don't go to the tournament and the whole accept or don't accept to the NIT, I think we're in camp, don't accept, aren't we? Or Can I speak for you or is that accurate? No, I think that's accurate because here's the thing. They, they wouldn't start off at home, and I know that if they were in it, they'd want to play home games. We have the regional. I don't know what the Grizzly schedule is. And you may not just want to go through that, plus the disappointment of where you were and the letdown. Memphis has had success in the NITs. We know Cal's won a championship. We know Penny's won a championship. But, Brett, I would tend to think that that probably they wouldn't accept it. But I don't know. That's just me talking out loud here. Yeah, that that following week, that, that if they played in the NIT, that first week you're right about being displaced because of the NCAA tournament. That following week, the Grizzlies would be back home for the Lakers on Wednesday the 27th. That's really getting far-fetched. Also, this point about that. Let's go one year from today, Greg. So no tournament this year, no NIT, the disappointment. 
one year from today, what do you think the pulse of the fans will be for expectations around the Tigers? Oh, gosh. It'll be palpable. They're going to insist on the NCAA tournament, and they're they're not wrong. J- I mean, just a ha- bid or to- advancement? No, 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 no. Getting in and, and doing damage. All right, second yeah, no, weekend, no two No question wins. about it. Yeah, I, I think um, – I think people are more or shell shocked. Or else, what? Or, or well, I'll, 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 yeah, I'll get to that in a second. I just, I, I think right now with this year, Brett, we'd probably have that same reaction, and we've had some, but mm-hmm. not a ton. I think it'd be. I think people are still shell shocked. They're still shell shocked that this team at one point was tenth in the nation, I agree. and now they're like, wait, we finish with a winning streak of what would be five in a row to end the regular season, and then win three and lose in the championship game, and we still can't get in as an at-large with some of those teams that are in the tournament or are going to get in the tournament, yeah, that is the case. That is the situation. So they're still a little shell-shocked. But next year, you would be talking about uh, certainly fans that would be uh, crying uh, for for a change. And and we know the situation with, with Coach Hardaway. He has a lot of years left on his deal uh, nothing for those who have actually cried about it this year. Uh, th- that's not happening. It, it's not going to it's, happen. It's not. It's this year? Not. No, no, it, yeah. it's not. It's, yeah. it, I don't think it's happening ever. He has four well, years left. A year from now, let's say a year from now, it's 19 and 13 and not going to the tournament. Well, he'll have three years left. Uh, he's got four left now. He'd have three left then. Uh, that's a lot of money, and do you really want to go through that for someone that is truly bigger than the program? They're not going to fire him unless, Ever. again, these scandals, you know, if something happens with this one, if something else arises, that's the only way I see something happen. Because, again, while this is extremely disappointing if you don't get to the tournament, that would be six years. Of course, one was the COVID year. And you would have one tournament win with a few appearances, but you're, he's winning the twenty. I know twenty is not like it used to be because there's thirty-one games in, in, in the regular season when you play those those tournaments, those in-season tournaments. But you're talking about paying two coaches for three years, unless you had some sort of buyout. Where's Memphis getting this money? First of all, if they wanted to do it, and I'm not saying they, they want to because they don't want to do it, but. If it ever came down to that next year, Brett, and a, a god awful year, that w- they're trying to raise fifty million dollars to match Fred Smith's fifty million, the Smith family, for renovations to Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, which hasn't even started yet. So they're raising money. They're strapped. They're not going to want to ever be in a position to have to pay two basketball coaches. Obviously, the new one that would come in and the old old one that you would let go. I don't think you're going to see that. Uh, hopefully for the Tigers uh, fans out there, I mean, he'll get back to the NCAA tournament and win. And and that's all going to be about finding the, you know, he'll he'll continue to use the portal. That's not going to change. That is not going to change. And I don't have, I've said it before, I don't have a problem with doing what he's doing. It's that then it's up to you to be able to mold the team into a cohesive, a cohesive unit. And it appears, that's what frustrates me the most about this season that it seemed like it was there at the beginning. I know those teams that he beat have been disappointing for the most part. But they still went out there and they won those games, and it looked good, and then they went in the tank, 
and now it seems like they're trying to fight their way out of it. It's been a very weird, unique year. It, it has been, and, and back to that 2020, look, the, the whole college basketball world can say COVID. That year, Memphis was the sixth seed mm-hmm. at Dickey's Arena. I don't think they were going on a run that year no. uh, with, with, with that seeding, so e- even that is less effective as it once was in the defense of him, but you're you're so right on on on, on bottom line. It's where we are, and I say it with no no rancor, no animosity, no no, no nope. vengeance. He he's not he's not getting fired. He shouldn't be fired. I don't think he would ever be fired. He look everybody is pulling for Penny. Penny is a likable guy. I love being able to talk basketball with him before games on, on broadcasts that I do. So I really enjoy it. I like listening to him in press conferences because he speaks from the from the hip or, or shoots from the hip rather, speaks from the heart. I, I, I like him. I like what he means. You know, when you when you watch a greeting line at the end of a game and there's Penny freaking Hardaway leading your team, that says something. That means something. And we know what he means in the community. But eventually, bottom line is bottom line for anybody. For anybody that's coached, and of course, all we have to do is think back to the late nineties with, with with Larry Finch. But hopefully, it won't come down to that. Hopefully, and, and Larry Finch had won a lot more than this. Mm-hmm. Larry had a lot of success, and, and and then they made the change. It is not easy for an administration to do so. But again, we're not there yet. Uh, certainly not there yet. But the hypotheticals for next year, yeah. The original question: uh, people will be at arms, uh, up at arms, a lot more than they are right now. No. Absolutely. We're talking to Greg Gaston. He joins us every single Thursday to talk Tigers. And earlier today, the American released uh, the the conference schedule for all of the teams. So we have the Tigers schedule now complete. We don't have times yet, but we do have dates and opponents. Uh, what did you make when you first saw the Tigers schedule for this year? Well, we knew who the opponents were going to be. Mm-hmm. We just didn't know what, what uh, days they'd play. Right. There'd be some Friday games. Interesting, they'll be playing on Thanksgiving Day. How about that? Welcome to the Egg Bowl world. world. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I'll be down in, uh, God willing, down in New Orleans for Thanksgiving. Um, it, it, it's a challenge, but certainly people expect Memphis to be right there. The talk of maybe being the group of five representative is certainly something that is a possibility. The And I know, Brett, you and I talked, if I'm not mistaken, I don't want to speak out of, of turn here, but didn't you make the early prediction they're going to go down to Tallahassee and win? Uh, closer than what the experts say. Okay. So here's the thing. More than likely, they're going to lose to Florida State, but you never know. Like, right, you got to play the game. But if you lose to Florida State, that means you have to be not only the conference champion, but probably be the undefeated conference champion. In other words, not lose another game. Because it's going to be hard. 12-1. and one. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be hard for a two-loss team to be that group of five and that conference champion, although it's possible. It's not It's not uh, impossible, but that's going to really put the pressure of winning every single one of these games. UTSA on the road, that'll be their first one down in San Antonio. This is the post-Frank Harris uh, Roadrunners team. I'm not sure what to expect from them, but it is going to be a roadie. Uh, you had some close calls against UAB, North Texas, you get them at home. We'll see if South Florida is improved. you got to go down to Tampa. Navy, they've had Navy's number in recent years, so we'll see how uh, Navy improves. But going to Annapolis is always a fun trip there. 
And, and Troy was great last year. I don't know what to expect this year, but that is a non-conference game that you will play at home. And look, you're expected to win those games, mm-hmm. and you better win those games against the, the likes of Troy and Middle Tennessee State and North Alabama. But I think it's a solid schedule. Uh, nothing shocking as far as the conference uh, is concerned. And I think it'll be an interesting Thanksgiving, especially if the Tigers are in the position that they need to be the win and to get to the conference championship game and then possibly be in the mix for the 12-team playoff going into that two-lane game on Thanksgiving. That'll be a lot of fun. It sure would be. Greg, Jonah Dillon with great tweet and great information today, and he's so good on that beat and so good on anything he does for the commercial appeal and noted that it's first Thanksgiving game since 1983. Here's the Tigers' schedule in 1983. They opened against Ole Miss and blasted Ole Miss. That was Billy Brewer's uh, debut as head coach at Ole Miss. Tigers won 37-17. Week two at North Carolina. Week three, Virginia Tech. Then at Alabama, home against Tulane. (laughs) Southern Miss at home. At Vandy. At Mississippi State. At Cincinnati. Home against Arkansas State. And Thanksgiving against Louisville. Oh, my. Six oh four and one for Rex Dockery, and he was sadly killed about three weeks later in in the plane. Oh course. my gosh, six four and one with that schedule, and I don't know the team. I'm not going to pretend that I knew all the players on that team, but my gosh, that's that's pretty impressive. That's a tough schedule. It really is. is. That's brutal. Yeah, <laughs> it's brutal. You're right. But what do fans want? Uh, they want wins, but they also want very attractive schedules home schedules Mm -hmm. so they can see big time opponents come in so they want both they want the best of both worlds and that's understandable right you're going to pay your hard-earned dollars you want to see your team win but you want to see them play somebody significant yeah absolutely uh we don't know yet when spring uh, practice officially begins for the tigers we know when uh the spring game will be a saturday game this year uh rather than the friday night that we've gotten kind of used to uh what's something you're going to be uh paying attention to for the tigers this year uh, at spring practice well i want to see that new running back from south carolina anderson i want to see what he can do combining him with sutton smith and a couple of other guys they got some Big shoes to fill and what Blake Watson provided last year for Memphis. Uh, get used to, I guess, Seth Hennigan's fourth number in four <laughs> years. Yeah. Um, there'll be there'll be a few more skill the, positions. The Joey Dorsey of football, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, they'll bring in uh, Joey Jason changed Bordy. names and numbers, didn't he? <laughs> did, did he change names? R- Richard. He was Richard as a freshman. Oh, that's gosh, hilarious. your memory is unbelievable. That is absolutely <laughs> right. I was thinking, did he go uh, Sharif Abdul-Rahim? Or yeah. did he go... No, it's uh, Richard to join. No. <laughs> um, he ran the dive far, play in name changes. <laughs> there you go. But as far as the um, skill position, they, they got some receivers coming in that I want to take a look at. Um, you know, those those type of things. Sure. They have to replace now a running backs coach with Sean mm-hmm. Dawkins, according to Jonah and other outlets reporting. Frank Bonner also reporting that He's going to Cincinnati, so that's going to have to happen. I expect spring to start, uh, spring practice to start in a couple weeks, and then I'm looking forward to the game. I never heard out, I heard why they moved it to the Saturday afternoon from the Friday night. That's a question. Um, I, I haven't would really guess. Checked. I, my, my, I haven't either, Greg. I would guess just simplicity in any construction, any equipment. Yeah. You know, the daytime better than nighttime. See, that's what I was thinking, Brad. But I'm wondering. <laughs> the way it's going right now, hopefully we see some cranes and get bulldozers the and dump trucks. Yeah, let's let's get uh, 
uh, let's get going on this thing. So hopefully by the time the, the spring game comes along, they will already be uh, underway. But if not, um, that's you know people are going to wonder what, what's going on here. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that's probably the reason. Instead of doing it at night, people walking around there at nighttime and driving parking lots at night. Somebody all stumble into on. a wrecking ball. Oh, right, man. exactly. <laughs> Rather have it on, on, on Saturday afternoon. So um, that makes a lot of sense. Are, are all the showboat games daytime games? Question. Do don't know. know. Don't know either. Don't know. I'm gonna, I'm going to guess. That, I mean, it seemed like everyone was daytime last year. It, it I did. wasn't surprised. I, I think there was one night game, and it was particularly cold that 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 game. Yeah. But I, 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 there are a lot of afternoon games, a lot of eleven thirty games for the mm-hmm. showboats. Yeah. I like those. I don't know if it, if the oh, fans I love like them. those. Yeah. I, uh, I, early's never a problem for us, right? is it, Greg? <laughs> Any anything in sports, if you can get it going early, it's fantastic. Like, for example, you do Ole Miss. You don't want to wait around all day on the road in the hotel no. or even going in. A, you and, want to get those games going. And, Greg, I like to get started early in September. and I like to start at 11 o'clock. So if that one thunderstorm yeah. over DeQueen, Arkansas, doesn't stop the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. When, when we had hey. that rain delay a few years ago in Oxford, about a two-hour rain delay against Tulsa, that people had to apply sunscreen during it. The sun never disappeared. No, safety first, though. It's the rock's throw to the Queen, man. You gotta, you, gotta, you know, if, it's, <laughs> oh, I know. if there's lightning right. in the Queen, there's going to be lightning in yeah, Memphis. That's right. Watch yeah. out. That's right. If it's bad in the Queen, you better look out. <laughs> I, I just pulled up the showboat schedule. Only two night games the entire season. Only one of those, a home game on June 2nd. A 6 p.m. kickoff. Well, that would That's be right. yeah, with construction I equipment. I hope yeah. the wrecking ball's yeah. moving by June 2nd. I sure hope so, too. Man, oh, man. <laughs> would not be good if it hasn't. But, uh, Greg, as always, thanks so much. Always a ton of fun catching up with you, and we'll do it again next week. Thank you, Sounds Greg. Good, guys. Thank Take you. care. Greg Gastney joins us every single week to talk Tigers. As always, you can listen to him every single morning on this station with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg. It's time to get Eli. the construction going, isn't it? Well, yep, yeah, it would be ideal. Um, way past time, I think. Now, in fairness, with a lot of the winter weather, I don't sure. know how much they could have gotten done to this sure. point. Yeah. Because it mean, was very, very rainy and cold it was. And, and snowy it in was, January. But very dry February, though. We're getting we're getting to the point where weather's but I'm hitting no meteorologist. much better. I, hey, I'm no meteorologist. I'm also no... But hell, I know when it rains or not. I also don't know much about construction. So I'm probably not the person <laughs> I know even ask. less about construction yes, than I do so meteorology. So I am the last person. I think we are the last person to talk about when they should be doing You know, I'm kind of a weather buff. Are you really? Yeah. Two inches of measurable rain in February in my gauge. How about that? Wow. Ten, uh, oh. tw- tw- uh, ten in January. So a foot this Johnny, year. Johnny, you bring I the, love it, man. I love the it. rain gauge out, throw the record. <laughs> I love it. At that point, it's all it's all in the past. Well, that's great. I'm glad to hear that you're the uh, the weather expert. I'll be calling you next time. But I don't have five live dopplers. No, 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 no. I mean, who that's, does? I mean, it's great. Great point. Great point. Well, let's go ahead and get to a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about what's trending. Be sure to follow us at Sports56WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports56WHBQ. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. 
Welcome back in to Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you in our Family Leisure Studios. We got a little less than 30 minutes left in today's show. About 30 minutes left uh, until tip-off in uh, Carolina between Memphis and East Carolina. Uh, Brett, Johnny and I talked about this yesterday. We kind of got the breaking news um, right before we got off the air, but we're kind of learning a little bit more about it. Ross Dellinger um, from Yahoo uh, was the first I saw to report yesterday this new idea. We talked last week about the 14-team playoff that has been talked about by the college football playoff. Now we're learning that with this 14-team playoff idea uh, that it would grant three AQs to each the Big Ten and the SEC Two AQs to each of the Big 12 and the ACC, one for the group of five, and then three at large spots to fill out that 14 team uh, bracket. Uh, today, Ross Dellinger, about almost an hour ago, tweeted out in the most uh, circulated version of the proposed 14 team college football playoff model champions of the SEC and the Big 10 would be guaranteed the two first-round buys, sources tell Yahoo Sports. What do you think of, of this idea now that we're getting more information of the 14 I, I don't love it, and I, I see our friend Pat Smith, and I was on with him today on Jocks, and Pat and I are simpatico on out of 100 college football issues. Mm-hmm. We're probably simpatico on 95 of them. <laughs> we're not on this one. He said wow. he, he has tweeted and he voiced on his show on Jocks mm-hmm. today that the SEC and the Big Ten are flexing. Mm. I respectfully disagree. I think if they're flexing, it would be four spots each. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't like this. I don't like any spots. Mm. I want 14 at larges. Mm, yeah. I know the champions of the little guy are going to go, hey, what about us? I, I think if we went back and you saw, and Bruce Marshall is doing this for mm. past years in, oh, yeah, yeah. in college football, I think most of those years they will, would have a spot. The yeah. Central Florida. I think so. Boise once upon a time. Sure. Even Utah way back once mm-hmm. upon a time. Yeah. Uh, maybe not UConn the year they went to the Fiesta Bowl, but a, a South Florida with Jim Levitt sure. might have been sure. in there. Memphis, the, yeah. the, the Cotton Bowl year, yeah. I think would have been accommodated. I, I want the 14 best teams in there. I don't know that I want, you know, kind of uh odd even gas rationing yeah no i i don't think i do either um ross dellinger also tweeted out kind of what it would look like with this with teams in it um and so this is what i guess this was last year i would assume with those teams but they do have oregon state as the group of five representative which kind of throws a, a cork in it. But I, I, guess, I think the year he used was 2014 is it 2014 in the tweet i think interesting okay i didn't see that in the tweet but uh maybe so uh this is this says this tweet maybe tweeted out of 2014 earlier this says 2023 okay 14 team college football playoff bracket state, might huh? look like well yeah i guess because no pac 12 in there so i, guess I got just, you i got just you. puts them as so this is how it would look uh one uh would be michigan for the big 10 um one for sec this is all out of whack he has texas for for the sec which i guess mm-hmm. texas coming yeah. whatever um so that would be the one in the two you'd have the eight nine game between oregon and missouri 5-12 would be uh, Florida State and Penn State. 13-4 would be Oklahoma State and Alabama. On the other side, 7-10, Ohio State, Arizona. 6-11 would be Georgia and Louisville. And then um, the 14-3 would be Oregon State, uh, representing the group of five, and Washington. So that that's using last year as the 
That's what starting it says. Point. Well, Ole Miss would have been in there somewhere. Yeah, that's why I don't I don't understand this one. Because they finished in the college football playoff, the last one. Yeah. Before the Peach Bowl, they they were inside that. Anyway, Ross Dellinger has a good handle sure. on it. I, I don't want to get too nitpicky with him. And there's a lot of those brackets flying around, and there will be even more. So we're not going to be at 12 long. No, 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 no. It sounds like, I mean, and you know, we, I talked with Brent about this earlier this week of, you know, I almost kind of wish we would get to 12 first and then see what that looks like. Let it like. marinate but a little. money is going to determine this, and, and they obviously see more value. It will, the and they're expanded. going to have to play those games a little earlier, and that's mm-hmm. going to put the the pressure on the pre-Christmas bowl games, sure. which will impact Army-Navy as yeah. that standalone. It's really going to change the calendar for sure. Now, six years is what they're talking about for this deal right Mm -hmm. starting with 14 one thing the college football playoff committee and before that the bcs did they love going out through the life of a contract that is true so when you when you most are saying well as soon as they get to 14 they'll go to 16 Uh, not so fast i think if they go to 14 whatever contract they sign if it's five it'll be every bit of four years Mm. if it's six it'll be every bit of of four to five years yeah so uh it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting but it seems like this is moving fast and they're they're trying to get um something on the table something finalized um and i i would be shocked if we didn't have some idea of what things are going to before we start the season in, in in august yeah, and, and a lot of meetings, and, and sure. it's, it's time to make those decisions, sign those TV contracts, and 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 get a, get a schedule set because just the two the the two buys, mm-hmm. and that's what they would be. Yeah, they would be a buy. Right. It wouldn't be an open day. Yeah, yeah. It would be a buy. That's like the NFL with the seven yeah. on one side, seven on the other. You just have the top of the conference mm-hmm. getting one. And we'll see if it incorporates more bowls or it would be more of a campus flavor. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so I guess we'll see. I'm sure with how this news has been going, I'm sure we'll get more news about it next week and, and or at least some updates on the conversations um, that are being had behind uh, the scenes. We also today learned um, a lot about SEC Media Days this year. Going to start Monday, July 15th. Uh, and go through Thursday, July 18th. Uh, LSU, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Vandy will go day one. Georgia, Missouri, Oklahoma, Tennessee will go uh, day two. Alabama, Florida, Mississippi State, Texas on day three. And then we'll wrap up with Arkansas, Auburn, Kentucky, and Texas A&M. And I continue to laugh every time I see something with Oklahoma and Texas a part of the SEC. Because it's for real now. And for Kalen DeBoer, the first time that he will be yeah. at SEC Media Days, and it will be a Dallas, and it will be on the same day that Steve Sarkeesian in Texas will be yep. uh, be be presented. And Sark, many think, you know, had a shot at the Bama job and sure. passed on it. Sure. And very comfortable at Texas. Yeah, and so it's going to be, I mean, talk about a lot of new at SEC Media Days between Oklahoma and Texas and, you know, Kalen DeBoer at Alabama. Jeff Lebby. Jeff Lebby. You've got uh, Mike Elko at Texas A&M mm-hmm. now. I mean, it's a, it's a ton of new this year with the SEC. Eli Drinkwitz and Lane Kiffin certainly looked at differently. Yeah, absolutely. Will be looked at differently this year than in last year because almost all those mock brackets from everybody out there doing them, mm-hmm. they have Mizzou and Ole Miss in there. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And so those are going to be, I mean, Brett. Pressure's I, on. Easy, easy 
the talk we're going to be in the playoffs in, in February. Oh, everybody talks that in February. And everybody's going to be talking that at media days in, in the middle of summer. Let's see, 10th of November. Yeah, yeah. But it is going to be interesting. Uh, the yeah, it'll be different then. It'll be a lot different. <laughs> the difference we've seen in just one year in terms of Missouri. I mean, we, at media days last year, we were having the conversation. Might be in a little trouble. Might be trouble. Could he be the first coach fired mm-hmm. in the SEC? And now we're talking, this is a team that can make some noise and be in that first 12-team playoff. And I, I think Auburn needs a big 2024. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I don't think Hugh Freeze could stand a 5-7-6-6 six, six year. Mm. And I don't I, know if they would – they would put up with it and go very much further with it. Have you been a little... That makes sense, Brett. That makes real sense. Yeah. That they're, makes a lot of sense. They're very impatient to begin with, and it, it just didn't so, show a lot of signs this year. Have yeah. you been a little surprised that Auburn didn't go out and get uh, a quarterback this offseason? Because I feel like that's what we were saying last it's year. It's not over yet, though. Well, that's a really good point. That is true. It's not over uh, yet. Because don't don't it reopen? Yeah, it after o- spring. Yeah, after spring. When, when does it ever well, close? that's a good point. You know? <laughs> 24 <laughs> hours. It really does. <laughs> no, and you're going to have, after spring, you could even have summertime movement. Sure. And Auburn's bringing in a very highly touted, arguably the number yes. one high school player last year in Arkansas, mm-hmm. Walker White from Little Rock. But that's a lot to ask that him to, to ask. throw him in their opening day. But that is what we saw last year with Auburn, where they went through the spring, and then after that was when they brought in Peyton Thorne, kind of in the in the summer. So Auburn you know, opens against Alabama A and M, and then Cal on the plains, mm-hmm. then New Mexico, not New Mexico State. Oh. <laughs> Shouldn't New Mexico go in with signs? We're not New Mexico State. Maybe, maybe, uh, but man, I'm sure you got a lot of people having nightmares when they see anything with New Mexico in it after what happened last year. You know, Bryant, through the years, being around me and hearing me talk, in my years at Ole Miss, you know, it's hard to rank your favorite players that you've been around, but I I say it all the time, Dexter McCluster's way up there, and Bo Wallace is way Mm -hmm. up there. You let Hugh Freeze go through another bumbling, stumbling year at quarterback, and it's another example for all the criticism that Bo took, good Bo, bad Bo, and yep. you know, great hair, average arm, all that stuff. You go back to the Hugh Freeze years at Ole Miss, 2012, 2013, 2014, 39 straight starts for Bo Wallace. Impressive. Uh, really impressive, and I don't know. If One of my favorite people. Yeah, no, I you you. I've heard that, and, and Dexter McCluster, those two. I've heard a ton about those. Are my <laughs> favorite guys. Yeah, that, that, and 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 now you know Jackson Dart's right there sure. uh, in in that group, and JJ uh, Pegues is in that group. Mm-hmm. There's a lot through the year. Oh, J- absolutely. It's, it's the trouble you get in when you start naming names. I won't get in trouble for naming these names. Two great locations for the commissary. The new Collierville Commissary at Houston Levy and Poplar are the original in Germantown. I hope you're heading to one of the two right now to dine and to enjoy the Tigers night. Plenty of space, perfect for a big group at the Collierville Commissary for you to get in front of the TV, TV, TVs there for that Memphis style barbecue and the ribs cooked the slow cooked Memphis way. Craving easier way to order? Text right now, Commissary to 33733. They'll bring it out to your car for you. Start with all the appetizers like the cheese plate or the tamales, the smoked chicken wings, the barbecue nachos invented, created in the early 80s at the 
at the Germantown Commissary by Walker Taylor and his staff. Then dig into the ribs of the shoulder, chopped or pulled on a plate, on a sandwich, all the sides, slaw, beans, deviled eggs, bread as, as well, and you can even order it by the pound, or a six-pack or an eight-pack or a 12-pack, and save room for desserts, a challenge I know, like the best lemon icebox pie anywhere, the strawberry cake, the terrific banana pudding. Here's the number, 901 901- Seven five four five five four zero, but go online at commissarybbq.com. They're in Collierville and Germantown with the party areas, the orders to go, catering, tailgating, basketball season, any time of year. Perfect for the commissary. 901-754-5540 or online at commissarybbq.com. Let's get to our final break of the day. When we come back, we'll wrap up today's show with Taco Bell Crunch Time. We are real sports talk. Sports 56 WHBQ, available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM, as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. This is pretty cool, and we're just getting started, so... You are looking live. In your life have you seen anything like that? Goodbye. It's obviously crunch time. Hammer, nail, coffin. This baby is over. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito. So good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three-cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. Bold food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Brett, what I learned today at the young age of 39 years old, LeBron James still has it. Last night, what he did against the Clippers was uh, unbelievable. I, I flipped that game on. It was. It was in the third it was quarter. Remarkable. Clippers were doing their thing. Made you stay Start with Start the it. fourth quarter. They're up 21. I have it on the background. I'm not paying much attention. Then I hear Same thing. LeBron James. Here he comes. LeBron James. Here he comes. LeBron James. I'm going, wait a minute. Here's a run. There's he moves the needle. He does. In that comeback last night, I mentioned it earlier, 19 points. He was 7 for 12 from the field. And was 5 cooking. for 8 from 3, 4 assists, uh, and 2 rebounds. And that doesn't even mention what he was doing on the defensive end of the court. Came up with some major plays defensively that led to that Lakers win. It was just so much fun to watch. I learned last night it was a big dud of a defensive performance mm. by Ole Miss. And that, that's one that's supposed to be one of the strong suits of Chris Beard. And it didn't show last night. You can talk about Bama got red hot. They made 15 threes. But you score 88 points and you lose by 15 at home? That's poor. Yeah, no, that is that is very poor. Uh, what I could have done without today, hard to believe. Yesterday, Johnny, we talked about uh, the 
NFLPA putting out their team grades for all the teams, a bunch of different. Here were the categories they were going off. Treatment of families, food and cafeteria, nutritionists and dietitians, locker the room, Bengals training have to be room, up there. Training staff. Paul Brown's one of the cheapskates oh, all the <laughs> Very room, cheap. Strength coaches, team travel, head coach, ownership. So they got grades for all of these teams. Today, the athletic turned it all into a GPA. How about that? That's Brent? amazing. That's amazing. Team with the best GPA, that'd be the Miami Dolphins with a 3.94 really? GPA on really all good. of the grades. That's valedictorian. Yeah, valedictorian. The team with the worst, back-to-back champions, Kansas City Chiefs with a 1.2. The Chief culture's that bad? The Chiefs got a D-plus in treatment of families, a C-minus in food and cafeteria, F for nutritionists, F for locker room. Is this for visitors? D for training room. F for training staff. C plus for weight room. C plus. Well, for I know in the lobby coaches. they got two Lombardi trophies. The only from the thing last two years. they got yeah. higher than a C plus was head coach. They got an A plus. Other than that, all season. Is low. this for visitors no, or, this or is for players? I, of I wonder the where Cincinnati ranked. Cincinnati. I can give That's you their amazing. GPA. Cincinnati. Because he's notorious tightwad. The Bengals. He shines pennies at night for a hobby. I believe it. I, I believe it. I don't even see the Bengals in here. Washington's in there. 2.12 for the Cincinnati Bengals. Not a well, great They barely GPA. passed. Yeah. Uh, Washington was second last. Chief- 1.36. I'm just shocked that the Chiefs are that low. I was too. I was shocked. That's why I could have done without it. Back-to-back champions. But, oh, wow. Sounds like the facilities are not good. Uh, I could have done without it. I just can't do it anymore with anything Texas a and It's all hocus-pocus with them, mm. whether it's football, no big deal there, basketball, even less. No team 15 and 13 deserves any consideration for any tournament, much less the NC tournament. Swept by Arkansas. That should say enough. Home loss to Memphis. Home loss to Ole Miss. Road loss at Vandy. You're not a tournament team. No, and that's where I always stand with the expansion of the the tournament is really how many teams are there Uh that are missing it that we really need. I'm I'm slightly far Mark Wise's second date. I like that. Like but I'm not for 96. No, 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 absolutely It not. makes me agree with Jay Billis. How about that? <laughs> well, at least Ugh. you don't agree with rounding up everybody and arresting them if they storm the no court. No kidding. <laughs> that, was, that was bad. Oh, where are you beaming tonight? Uh, to hear people say it, you need the beaming machine to get there. <laughs> yeah. Get me to ECU, to the to the Menges. Oh, that's a really good one. Beam me there, but then later tonight, beam me out to the West Coast for this Gonzaga in San Francisco game. Gonzaga comes in uh, 22-6 and six on the year San Francisco, not far behind, 22-7. and seven. Should be a heck of a game on ESPN. Two NCAA tournament appearances ever for ECU, 1972 wow. and 1993. Tigers coming up in about six minutes, mm-hmm. seven minutes max. Must win for any at-large yeah. bid. I'm with you on Gonzaga at San Fran. San Fran with that 54 net. Yeah. Eight NBA games. If LeBron gets 40 tonight, <laughs> that's 40K. Oh, man. Unbelievable uh, just what he has done. But a really 40, good thousand points. I can't even I can't even fathom it. But really good night in college basketball, really good night in the NBA, a lot of really good hoops. Let's see what the Tigers do coming out. Do they come out strong or are they kind of slow like we've seen at times on the road this year? Well, that's all the time we have. Enjoy your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow afternoon at three o'clock.